We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RotoWire's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast, sponsored by FanDuel. I'm Joe Bartolo, and joined alongside me once again and always is Ben Miller. Ben, uh, you know we were just talking about FanDuel and everything else going on. We love the we love the site, obviously sponsored by FanDuel, the podcast here. I'm now officially one and zero in our podcast competitions, and that's because I'm clearly the better fantasy mind when it comes to this stuff. This 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 is a a blip. Like there, this is. Out of the ordinary. Like, I do not expect to lose to you <laughs> again. Okay, so let's get this straight. Yeah, I just wanted to get your whining out of the way. It was – Joe had 302. Yeah. I had 295. Yeah. I lost by seven. Yes. It was a tough – tough. You just tough. say, wait, 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 you lost by, you lost by <laughs> seven, I, right? I don't want to go there. You I don't want to go there. Okay. But the big reasoning, I had this in the bag, and then the Warriors just had to blow out the Clippers – and rest Clay Thompson and Draymond Green in this the fourth the quarter, concern which you killed me. Have with Absolutely, the every right. time they're, I like. I get the price behind a lot of those guys. They're great players. The Warriors haven't played up expectations so far. So you're expecting better contests than what? And, and again, against against the Clippers, too, you're like, all right, yeah, that should be fine. Right, exactly. That's the concern that you have with the Warriors every time. So I don't want to hear your whining about how <laughs> you should have won when you are playing a Draymond, when you are playing a Steph, when you're playing um, a Clay Thompson. I think Kevin Durant's actually excluded from this, but those three guys, you have to know that that's built into their price. That's that's baked into it right there. So I don't want to hear your whining about how you lost. <laughs> I won because you picked those players. That's on you. That's valid. That's valid. Looking um, elsewhere at your lineup, your your value plays were kind of crappy. 
but that's not me. <laughs> but but your big guys all just blew up. So that I, I, I I'm no, still I had no answer. Through, I'm still working through the kinks in the value place. Taj Gibson <laughs> is dead to me. Uh, right. James you know, Ennis dead. No, he's probably not dead to me. I'll okay. probably I'll all probably right. make that mistake multiple <laughs> times yet through the season. There's one other guy. Shoot, I gotta I gotta look this up right now. There's one other guy that I'm like, oh, might have been Josh Richardson. Was that the yes? Other yes, you're right. Mr. Josh Richardson's dead to me as well. I'm not touching him until I, I start <laughs> to see a little bit more. That was a perfect matchup. I felt of all the value plays, Josh Josh Richardson was one of those guys. I'm like, yes, all right. This I think, is yeah, I think he's had a couple big games. Too, and then so he gets that. like 13 points. Like, <laughs> you know, okay, it's come just on how now. it goes. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into Tuesday's perfect lineup. We have a 12 game slate tonight. A lot of things to go over. Actually, not as many injuries you would think for a 12 game slate, but a lot of different um, ways to go about building your lineups. But let's first touch on the Tuesday perfect game lineup. We had Reggie Jackson going to the Lakers, 6,300 price tag for Reggie. Uh, Mike James going against the Nets, 4,500. That's an intriguing name to keep in mind now for today's game as well. D'Angelo Russell, who at this point is about as must play as he can with his price at 7,000 going against the Suns. That's a that's an automatic play for Russell. Devin Booker on the other side of that matchup at 7,200. Interestingly, they note Russell's a shooting guard. Really, he's kind of playing the point guard spot for the Nets. Right, but, right. you know, at, at both those guys, Booker at 7,200, Russell at 7,000. Those are automatic plays. We've been relying on Booker quite a bit when we've been doing our podcast. Russell, I think, is in that territory, too. Another guy in the automatic play territory, Giannis, now a small forward, going against the Thunder. Uh, wasn't a great game, obviously. He didn't perform expectation. I think this is the first 40-point Fanduel game he's had. Yeah, it was definitely his lowest yeah. Fanduel point out. And they got the... blown out. I mean, that was that was right. a tough game to watch, yeah. even after the third quarter. It's like, it's done. But he was part of the perfect lineup last night at 12,600. Brandon Ingram, the other small forward option in the perfect lineup at 5,600. We saw another Laker, Larry Nance Jr., against the Pistons again at 4,800. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, a guy that you liked quite a bit last year that you utilized quite a bit uh, effectively, going against the Suns, 5,900. And then Dom Sabonis, I'm calling him Dom now, Mr. Fast and Furious Dom, uh, <laughs> King's 6,000 price tag. And this brought up another interesting point that I just discovered uh, right before we did this podcast, and I'm now like Fast and Furious Furious. <laughs> How many of those movies have you seen? I don't know. I really don't. They all kind of seem like the same movie to me, so I'm just not entirely sure which one's which. Okay. Like, I would assume there's like three or four. I'm not sure. Is that... You think there's three or four of the Fast and Furious movies in the franchise? Maybe. I don't know. Like I said, I've only seen them. Yeah, they're usually on TV, right? Yes. Just like, because they play them nonstop. Because they're great? And I you do, say, I do usually enjoy them. Thing. I'm not saying they're bad. But, but like, then how come you haven't sought out the other ones? I just think it's the same movie every time. It's not the same movie. There's there's a multiple of stuff. It's like, like a, that. it's like a Mission Impossible. It's just the same exact. It's thing not a Mission Impossible. No, it's not a Mission Impossible. They had different. No, characters. I know they're like, like different. The Rock is saying. in it now. There's okay. There are not. There are going to be nine of the movies, and okay. I don't even know if wow. that's counting uh, one of the one of the spinoffs. I was in Japan too. I think it is. I think it's like yeah. But there, there's going to be nine. That's absurd. And you're saying that there's three or four? I mean, like I said, they're all the same. So okay. it just feels like maybe three or four. <laughs> I know this is an NBA podcast. So we're, we're going to get back to the NBA. What What is the last one that you can recall that you've watched? Like The, the only one I know the actual name is Tokyo Drift. That's the only okay, one so I know the name. That's the spinoff yeah. one. That's the spinoff So I don't even know like the regular series? <laughs> well, that's because they normally go Fast and Furious 1 through 8. Oh, okay. So like that's fair. But normally there's a defining thing in each movie. <laughs> oh god i wouldn't rely on me to find the defining so like the, thing. the newest the newest fast and furious uh inter- introduced not that not the term uh one of the like driving movies that uh he's a bad guy but actually a good guy right one of the bad guys from the seven movie comes back and is like now a good guy with that in the okay. eight movie 
And we have... Uh, does not ring a bell. No, that doesn't at all. <laughs> no. We find out... Oh, man, I don't even want to say spoiler because... Okay, if you haven't seen the newest Fast and Furious movie, this is shame on you. Skip ahead to probably like the seven minute mark. <laughs> Dom has a baby. He has a love child. Okay. And it's stolen from him. And he's then being utilized and made to be a bad guy. Like and taken? They, no. Not, not, no, it's like an actual baby, not like a teenager that's stupid okay. and doing stuff. I, <laughs> taking movies frustrate me because, okay, wow, we're going way off topic. Taking, taking movies frustrate me. Anyway, that was the newest Fast and Furious movie that Dom has a son uh, that's being taken advantage of and he's forced to be a bad guy. Don't worry. He comes back and be a, is a good guy. Uh, there's a submarine that's involved because there's probably some explosions, the jumping off a well, bridge, yes, a submarine um, from the, just ex- the usual, yes. the usual. And stuff. then the movie before they take down a plane with their cars. Yeah. Okay, that one sounds familiar. Okay, good. Yeah. All right. And then there's the Rock that like comes into the series. That's a big thing too. Uh, we have Russell Crowe. That's kind of like this in, uh, guy. That's a book. And these are all like the later ones. Even the first one. Like, have you seen the first one? Yeah, I I wouldn't know. Like. What okay. the first one I'm means. I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated. <laughs> anyway, so Dom from Fast and Furious Sabonis was the round out of the perfect lineup last night at 6,000. We have, again, 12 game slate for Wednesday. I'm still frustrated about the Fast and Furious thing. Uh, I'm learning so much about you that, you know, I thought you were this great guy. You obviously have the greatest Twitter handle uh, at uh, Rotowire. I've got my flaws. And yet you just don't know anything about Fast and Furious. You don't follow <laughs> wrestling at all. Uh, you just don't drink coffee. Yes, that's another that's, one too. We, that we one, went over that today. Yeah, man. Okay. This is it's this tough. is tough. If I would have known these things before I uh, started doing the podcast, I would have said no. I need somebody else. I, mean, I, I would have gotten that. I, I wouldn't have been hurt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. We got the Pacers Cavaliers tick, uh, kicking off the twelve game slate here at six o'clock Eastern time tip off. Miles Turner will be out with the concussion, so that means more Fast and Furious Dom Sabonis starting at the center spot, and then Shumpert will be out on the Cavaliers side. Not a huge DFS thing anyway. We're going to move right past that because I think there's a lot of lineup things that we could work with, but not really injury related. So let's get into the. I think highest over under the day uh, the game right Suns Wizards seven o'clock Eastern time tip off yeah I think it's like two twenty eight or two thirty almost massive massive and that's in part because the Suns stink in part because the Wizards are uh, more of an offensive team now than we've ever really seen before Eric Bledsoe again is still going to be out we're, we're expecting to be traded I'm surprised truthfully it hasn't happened already right. um, and then we have Markeith Morris going to be out. Uh, has to also serve a one-game suspension as soon as he gets back from the abdominal injury. Kelly Oubre will be starting. Spoiler alert, I like him quite a bit as a mid-tier small forward option. And then we have uh, Carx Felix, who's going to be out. Not a huge fancy guy with the suspension anyway. So I think that you're going to see a lot of people target um, Suns and Wizards players, both sides of this matchup. I'm going to caution, and we'll get to it in a little bit. I wouldn't go full throttle in that matchup, though. You don't want the full stack there? Um, not when there's 12 games. That's valid, I'm, I'm yeah. not going there when there's 12 games. And obviously, we do this podcast without the benefit of what injuries happen really late in the slate. But just looking at what we know now, no, I, I'm not going full throttle on that. I just I think there's there's at least two or three or even four very good potential plays in that game, not only because of the over-under, but just because of players who are playing well. But we'll we'll also get to yeah, that. We'll yeah. get to that. We'll get, I got questions lined up for that. We're all set. Perfect. Don't worry about that. Uh, Bucks Hornets. Bucks coming off a disappointing game uh, against the Thunder last night. Will be another seven o'clock Eastern time tip off. Greg Monroe will be out with that calf injury. More minutes for Thom Maker and John Henson. Maker being the more intriguing of those guys, but he still hasn't really eclipsed more than twenty minutes. He's three point shooting. He can get blocks. He can get rebounds, but he hasn't played enough really to be a DFS asset in my opinion. We did see John Henson as part of the perfect lineup uh, at one point in our podcast, but he's also up and down where I don't feel confident using either of those guys. Both of them are really tough. It's more of like a, a risky tournament play if you, if you need some salary That'd break, be a good if way anything. Putting, yeah. yeah. Um, and then on the Hornets side, we know Batum, again, obviously going to be out for a while with that elbow injury. Michael Clark Williams 
still going to be out um, with the knee injury. Not too huge of names. I think that given Monroe is going to be out, given Maker and Henson are probably splitting time, I love Dwight Howard if you're going to pay up for the center spot. But I don't like the concept of paying up for the center spot. So that's I'm in a conundrum there. And he's not, but he's not horribly expensive. Like he, I think he's only in like the seven thousand. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like you know you're paying for cat or um, or, or someone you know like ten thousand, nine thousand. So I yeah, mean, I just, it's it's kind of a no a go, decent go price, but still, yeah, you're still kind of paying up a little. Yeah, bit. there's a lot of mid tier center options and a lot of mid tier options overall with this twelve game slate. That I'm like, well, I think I could use this guy. Okay, maybe not. So t- I guess it's a philosophy thing. But if Howard doesn't get at least at least double-digit rebounds, I would be shocked. Yeah, and I, I actually love the Howard play tonight. He had, I think the Bucks already played them once, yes, and he yeah. had 22, 22 boards in that game, which is absurd. Okay, so I'll, I'll give you this. Do you think he gets over that tonight? Over 22 boards? Yes. No, but I think he scores more than eight points. He okay. only had eight points in that game. All right, too, so, so I you, think it's still going to be a, a fairly huge number. I don't think it's absurd to to maybe assume that he would get over 22. I, obviously, it's a huge number, right? I, I understand that, but... John Henson is maybe 150 pounds. I'm kidding, but like he's he's tiny <laughs> wet, and wet, Maker, soaking wet. Yes, and Thon Maker's the same way. I know he's been bulking up a little bit this off season, but Howard should be just be able to take advantage of that constantly. It's whether yeah. the guys like Kaminsky and, and Zeller will cut into those rebound bands at all. I don't know. I think Howard at 75, it's tough. Like I love him a lot, but I'm not paying up for him. Um, we got to move on to another matchup here. Sock, uh, whoops, not socks. Sorry. Hawks and 76 or 7 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. A lot of injuries here. Uh, Ursan Ilyasova going to be out. We have more uh, Muscala, John Collins, Millens. Uh, Miles Plumley again, probably going to be out with the quad injury. Uh, Schroeder's probable. Bellinelli's probable. That's an ankle and Achilles injury, respectively. I think the Schroeder injury is a bigger deal because you can utilize them in fantasy purposes. I'm not sure you want to use them against the 76ers, though. I think they're borderline one of those teams now that's getting better defensively um, at the point guard spot. On their side, Markel Fultz obviously going to be out. We talked about that on Monday a little bit. Shoulder injury, Rashawn Holmes still out. Julie Luke for a game time decision. Uh, J.J. Redick, that's a bigger injury for DFS purposes, is probable with that back injury. If he plays, which we are expecting him to play at this time, that means Dario Sarek will be moving back to the bench. Do you think Redick, if he plays, gets 30-plus minutes tonight? I think that's, yeah, I think that, that's probably he'll... I don't think he's going to be limited. I really don't. Okay. I mean, so, it, I mean, if Reddick plays, he's a 5,000. I think he's at 5,000 right now, currently. Uh, Hawks allow the most FanDuel points to shooting guards. Would you feel confident inserting him into your lineup? You're expecting him to get about 25 FanDuel points. If, yeah, if you're, if you're looking for something along 25, 30, I think that's a fine, you know, value type of play for 4,900. Um, I mean, if you look what he's done this year so far, that's been not awesome he had 21 25 16 14 but then he blew up for 32 um not as as consistent as you'd like but i mean when you're priced at 4900 that's that's kind of what you're getting so um i think that makes sense he's gonna be a guy that's gonna, if he gonna gets, get that full if he load. gets 30 i'll preface this if he gets 30 minutes he gets over 30 fandom points i really believe that so we're looking for five times the value i think he goes above and beyond that if he gets 30 minutes I'm concerned that he will not. I, I don't I don't know. I really think that actually will be kind of competitive game with the 76ers pulling it out later in the fourth quarter. And I think you want that three-point shooting, especially to space out the Hawks. Um, I, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll get into the next match right away. Kings-Celtics, 7.30 Eastern time tip-off. No major injuries for the Kings, uh, which is kind of a surprise given how much we talked about them last year. And then Marcus Morris, obviously a game-time decision. Practice Tuesday with that knee injury. He's yet to make his season debut. Even if he were, I'm not sure I'd be putting him into my lineup right away. Definitely not right away, especially with how well you know Jason Tatum's been playing, and they, they've been using using him at the four every once in a while. And yeah, I, I don't think he'll 
he'll immediately jump in with big minutes. Bulls Heat, uh, probably one of the most boring matchups, I think, truthfully, <laughs> on tonight's slate. Uh, Marotic is still going to be out a while after he got smacked in the face. And then, of course, Portis, on the edge of that, will be suspended and will be out. Hassan Whiteside, though, game time decision. He went through shoot around. He's expected to play with that knee injury. He's missed, I think, the last five games now. Um, we had talked a lot about guys like uh, Bam Amadibo, uh, Kelly Olenek, Jordan Mickey, as guys that we play if Whiteside's out. He's 9,000-plus priced. I'm not sure I'm touching him, though, I wouldn't, coming off that injury. Yeah, I'm not I'm not touching him either. It was, I think it was like a two- or three-game absence. I mean, once you get the multi-game absence there, mm-hmm. you, you definitely worry about how much you know how many minutes he's going to play. Um, I think it's also worth it to note, you know, I'm not playing Robin Lopez on the other side then. Um, you, you know, Lopez is a guy I often target, you know, in the mid-5,000s yeah, or something yeah. along those lines. But, you know, with, with Whiteside across from him playing, I, I'm not a huge fan of that play either. Yeah, he missed the last five games with that knee injury, um, 9,200 priced. I agree. I'm not going there yet, obviously. I mean, we know he has the potential. I mean, the last time he played, he had 55 Fanduel points. Right, so right. We, know, he know he, we know he can do that. I'm not going there, but you're right. That's a good point. I'm also not touching Noah either because I think that I'm sorry, not Lopez. Noah. Yeah, Lopez. Yeah, I'm. Just, I'm assuming we're talking about the Knicks. Sorry, uh, <laughs> that's the next team on the bus. Uh, Rockets and Knicks, eight o'clock Eastern time tip off. Chris Paul again will be out again with a knee injury. Joakim Noah just mentioned before, uh, caught looking ahead a little bit suspension. He's going to be out. Ron Baker, um, Mr. Troy Bolton, Mr. Troy Bolton will be the game time decision. Who cares anyway though? So uh, we'll move right past that one into the Magic Grizzlies, which uh, one of the lower ones on the total points for. On both teams, Alfred Payton is a game time decision. I think that's kind of a key one to watch. Maybe not for today's slate being so large, but moving forward, he is a game time decision with the hamstring. He's been ramping up the intensity in practice. He's missed the last five games. He's still questionable. If you were to miss time, that's DJ Augustin again around that five thousand price. You know, you look at the Grizzlies and say, "Oh, they're going to stop the point guard. They're going to stop uh, scoring altogether." But at five thousand, he's been playing enough minutes where it's like, "Well, you might have to use him." Yeah, I think that's a, it's a very solid price for a guy that's had some some very decent games filling in. Um, it's not like he's been super inconsistent or horrible. Um, right. I think that's the price specifically there is why I'd, I'd feel comfortable using him. Although, you know, when you take the Grizzlies defense into consideration, that's that's tough for me to... to I think there's some better point guard options, um, even in that 5,000 range that I, I like more. I would than. agree with you, but maybe the teeth of that Grizzlies defense, and I make that as an analogy... Because they're the Grizzlies and they have teeth. But uh, <laughs> maybe the teeth are gone if Marcus Saul, who was a game-time decision with that ankle injury, doesn't play. He played Monday, but you know I could see a situation where Gasol doesn't play. Brandon White, obviously, the benefit there. And I think that he would actually be a pretty solid DFS option, truthfully, if you were to use that. And then also the other side of that teeth, Mike Conley, game-time decision with the Achilles. That's been a reoccurring injury throughout his career and the season. So it's one of those things where... They might be better off sitting him as it is. Um, Mario Chalmers, Mario Chalmers, Tyreek Evans would be getting the playing time there. And then, of course, we have the, the trio of Ben McLemore, Jema- Michael Green, and Wayne Seldom, who we've talked endlessly about now with the injuries. I, if any of those guys were to be out, I really, really think that Augustine would also be played. I mean, there are so many variables that we can't discuss. We don't know the knowledge right now. Um, like, if those guys are out from the Grizzlies side, if Alfred Payton's out, well, then Augustine becomes a play. But right. Uh, it's too much now where I don't have any of those guys in my lineup because I just there's too much uncertainty. I yeah, I'm like super. I'd, I'd be super worried, especially about Conley not playing. He's he's like especially because it's an injury he's had I in the past. I think there's a a very good shot. I mean, not he's still questionable. So like there, there's a pl- chance he plays obviously, but I just have a very good feeling. Who he's becomes not playing. the better play if Conley's out? Uh, Evans or Chalmers? Or I Ennis. think they both can be. Or I honestly, James Ennis, I honestly yeah. think both of them could be. I think Mario Chalmers, he's. He's a guy that can he's he can play like he, mm-hmm. he was out of the league last year I believe, mm-hmm. um, 
but he's he's seamlessly fit right back in with this, the the Grizzlies we played with previously. Um, so I'd be fine using him as like a near minimum guy. Um, then Evans is still fairly cheap. I think he's in the upper four thousands, maybe low five thousands. Yeah, no, he's in the upper four thousands. Upper yeah. four, yeah. And I, th- I think he's definitely going to benefit. They may have to use Harrison at uh, Andrew Harrison at point guard, so that's going to open up more shooting guard minutes for. Uh, Evans as well. So I think both of them I agree could be with you options. that for a near minimum price guy, Chalmers is intriguing for me. Obviously, we've got to see how everything plays out. If Even if Gasol were to play, I don't feel comfortable using Chalmers in that sense because I think a lot of scoring goes through Gasol. But then if he doesn't play and Conley doesn't play, well, then it's like, well, I don't know who's going to be scoring. I think you can expect something from anybody. And I think Chalmers right. becomes that guy too. So uh, yeah, I, there's viability from both. I agree with you on that one. Moving over to the Timberwolves and Pelicans, another 8 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. No major injuries for the Timberwolves. Uh, Rajon Rondo will be out, and then a couple of non-really important guys for the Pelicans, too. Uh, Trailblazers and Jazz, 9 o'clock Eastern time tip-off. We talked about the Suns and Wizards being the highest over-under. I think Trailblazers and Jazz have to be pretty close to that, just given how good the Jazz defense is. Myers Myers Leonard will be out, again, four to six weeks with an ankle injury. Joe Johnson, on the other side of that matchup, will be out at least two weeks with a wrist injury. I'm not looking at tarking uh, guys like Damian Lillard or anything like that because of those Jazz. But am I am I wrong? Should they looking at that? Instead? No, I'm I'm on board with you there. The Jazz is just one of those teams where it's just not someone you wanna you wanna scheme against, especially when it's the guy you're paying up for. Um, you need your your nine thousand, ten thousand guys to have huge games, and that's not always something that's going to happen against the Jazz. Exactly. So no, I, um, that, you that can't count on that. At least, right, right. right. Uh, Raptors Nuggets nine o'clock Eastern time tip off. Valence Shunits is probable. That means Lucas Noyerga and uh, Jacob Pertle. Thank God we don't have to say their names too much longer because <laughs> Valanciunas is probable. He is going to likely play, and that puts both of those guys to the side. We have Serge Ibaka, also probable, which would hurt the the value of Paso Sikum. And then we have Nuggets uh, Hernan Gomez again. Mano will be not will be not playing. Obviously, going to be not a huge DFS guy anyway. No, but yeah. Valanciunas really hurts a lot of our depth options that we had talked about in previous podcasts as guys that we could slot in and get in the mid 5000s and, and find value from yeah a lot of those go to cheap um cheap big men are, are no longer available and there aren't a ton of other you know injuries on the slate that no that that make that so that's a huge especially with the white side coming back too so that's two of the the premier big men taking out a lot of um that's a lot why of that, that grizzlies matchup and we talked about gasol we talked about conley if both those guys or even one of those guys doesn't play that's where you probably have to target the value from, right. like Chalmers, like yeah. Evans, even like Augustin if he's to play. You know, just that's that's where it ends up being. And you wouldn't think about looking at that team like, oh, well, Magic Grizzlies. That might actually end up being a pretty big DFS thing. Yeah, and the, the tough thing, that's not the first game on the slate, so we may or exactly. may not know whether or not. Because right. um, especially with Gasol, Gasol like warmed up you know, everything before the last game, before a final decision was made. Um, so that's a little worrying but something to monitor for the, for the time being. Mavericks and Clippers are the last game to round out the 12-game slate. 10.30 Eastern time tip-off. Dennis Smith is a probable with that knee injury. Curry will be out with the leg injury, and then Dory Finn-Smith uh, out with the knee injury. And then on the other side, that, I you know, honestly, like he's just the passing savant. Like that's all I need to call him now for the, the Clippers. Uh, <laughs> Milos. Milos, the passing savant, will be out indefinitely with that foot fracture. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, that's... Going through all the injuries there, there isn't that much despite a 12-game slate. So I think that bears in mind my first question. There are eight 9,000-priced players. Who are your top two favorite guys to utilize? Because I think that you're not going to be able to get a situation where you get both 
like multiple 10,000 plus guys. In right. There, yeah. But you could have two or even three 9,000 price guys. So who are your top two favorites? I think my top favorite is definitely John Wall, uh, 9,700 against the Suns. Um, then on the other side, I'm going Ben Simmons, um, who's 9,200 and going up against the Hawks. You know, with John Wall, I mean, he's he's got to be one of my favorite higher price guys. A um, couple duds recently dropped his price a bit. Um, I don't know. That just doesn't scare me off that much. I think this is like the perfect bounce back opportunity um, against a, a, a better matchup against the Suns. But we talked about it before, one of the highest over-unders of the night. Um, I think that's a, a great, great time for him to have a, a pretty big bounce back game. Um, and then with with Simmons, I mean, you got to love the matchup against a Hawks team. Um, he's had over 40 Fanduel points, five of seven games this season. Um, it's the multi-category guy that we always always talk about. So he's 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 gonna he's gonna perform. Simmons is my number one guy uh, from the nine thousand price guys. I think it helps that he's nine thousand two hundred. Um, it also helps that the power forward spot besides Anthony Davis is just kind of eh, I don't I don't right. really know what I want to do at that spot. And I think Ben Simmons, if you don't want to do the Davis route, is a pretty good cheaper alter, uh, alternative. But my second guy is actually Kristaps Porzingis, who is the other power forward that I look at targeting if it's not Anthony Davis at ninety seven hundred. Um, Porzingis has gotten three 50-plus FanDuel point games thus far, and he has not cracked, cracked 10,000 yet. And that's where I want to call the question your John Wall uh, love. I get the matchup, and I get that John Wall is under 10,000, which is like right up your alley as far as getting guys <laughs> that are lower value in a great matchup. I wonder, A, if a lot of people aren't going to be on that, thinking the same exact thing that you are. Like, oh, wow, John Wall's under 10,000. Yeah. Oh, and he's against the Suns. The Suns stink. Perfect. I'll play John Wall. Right. I think you're right. I think he's going to be very highly owned. And he hasn't gotten 50 Fanduel points yet. Like, we're talking five times the value. At 9,700, he's basically needing to get 50 Fanduel. And he has not hit that mark yet, whereas we know Chris Tapps can do it. Hell, we've seen it the last three games now that he's able to do that. I like it quite a bit. A is an alternative to Anthony Davis, who I think a lot of people will be playing, and B because we think he's a little more consistent than John Wall. I I just I think we it screams play play play, and that's exactly why I'm steering away from the John Wall call. And I think I do think that makes sense. Like I have no gripe with not playing John Wall, um, just as like a get off that where everyone's at you know like that's the same thing um a couple days back was it anthony davis or something we figured was going to have high well we also or, had it for Giannis too and that hasn't maybe worked Giannis, out. yeah <laughs> we've, done, we've done for both now that um uh, anthony davis did and then Giannis did not yeah I, I think that's it's fine to kind of avoid someone that you know every single person's going to have but at the same time i just think it's like the perfect opportunity for him to have a huge huge bounce back game um so i'm i'm on board I, and, and for me to fit in um, some of the other guys in my lineup, that price is is perfect for what I'm looking for. Well, and I'll say this before we move on to the next question. Besides the fact that so many people are going to be on him, besides the fact that he is lower priced and he has a great matchup, the fact that he has such a great matchup might also be a detriment. Like we talked about how the Warriors bench the guys, yeah. and that cost you in our loss in our matchup True, first yeah. week. There's a very easy chance for me to say that John Wall's thing goes on the same way, too. I know the Wizards are trying to compete in the Eastern Conference. Um and I think you need to have some rest with your, your star guys. Taking a guy out like John Wall in the end of the third quarter or whatever, if you're up big, I can I can really see that. I, I'm I don't know. He's not he's definitely not my top two option for nine thousand price guys. Let's move over to different money priced questions. So Ben, you have to play either three five thousand price guys or four four thousand price guys. Which do you do and then who are they? I would definitely rather go with the three five thousand price guys. I mean, that's easy to say just because you know they're typically a little better because they're five thousand. Um, but for this, I think it's more about the slate. You know, there's there's 
not always this many guys that are like in that 9,000 range, which kind of lets you it gives you a break on salary where, you know, when you're struggling to find value plays in this late, which you kind of, kind of did. Um, but when you, when you have those 9,000 guys, rather than multiple 10,000, you can actually use those 5,000 guys better than, you know, dropping down to four or 4,000. I right. think the slate itself with how guys are priced, it makes it easier to go with the three, 5,000 guys. Maybe it was too on. easy of a question um, based on the 12 games. Like, cause I think you're right. Like I, when I was looking at that, I'm like, Oh, I see. I like a lot of 4,000 guys. And then I went over and saw the 5,000. Like, okay. I don't mind paying an extra $500, $600 for these guys. So I'll pose the question differently to you, and I'll see if it changes. You get three 5000 price guys or three 4000 price guys. You don't have to – You we're axing one 4000 price guy. Does that change your mind at all? Because now you're getting guys that, well, they're about $1,000, a little less. Uh, are they that much different than your 5000 guys that you're paying a little bit more for? I think that it definitely changes it a little bit. Um, I'm still probably leaning a little more towards 5000 once again, just because – of who I'm, you know, available to get up at the the higher prices at nine thousands. Um, that's exactly it. That that's so that's I agree with you, and that's exactly the reason. It isn't so much that there aren't that many four thousand right, price guys. Right. It's that there are actually a lot of lower nine thousand, eight thousand guys that you can really find viability. We're, yeah, we're very good, and yeah. you can mix with those five thousand. I think that's exactly it. And at least for double up purposes, I'm not looking at getting a bunch of the ten thousand guys. Honestly, I have one in my lineup right now. And I'm thinking about taking them out because of our conversations that we're having right now. Right, where it's right. like there are a lot of viable 5,000 guys, and there are even more viable 9,000 guys. Exactly, yeah. So I, I agree with you. Just just for giggles, um, my guys are Tareen Prince, uh, Kelly Oubre. I love a lot at 5,100. I think that's a great option. But both of those guys are small forwards. Um, the other two I have in my lineup, obviously, are going to be Harrison Barnes, another small forward at 5,800. Then Tim Hardaway, a shooting guard option at 5,300. And then we have, of course, TJ McConnell at 5,000. So a whole bunch of 5,000 guys across ball positions. And there's a few 4,000 guys, too, that we could go over. But right. I think that for the question that it is, I think it has to be three 5,000 price guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about the three. I'm, well, I'll get to mine because all three of the guys yeah. I, I put down here are in Perfect. my lineup. So, um, Well, let's go ahead and get to the World Aware Optimizer lineup right away. I'll tell you what right now, I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, and it's because they went low on a few places that I just didn't think need to go low. And... If you were to, there are better options than that. So let's get to it. John Wall, of course, optimizers all on board with against the Suns, 9,700 price tag for John Wall and right on board with your thought process. Kyle Lowry, though, I liked this one quite a bit. If it was against the Nuggets last year at $7,500, count me in. (laughs) Absolutely count me in. But it's not last year. It's not what we're expecting from Kyle Lowry this season. And the Nuggets have been a little bit better at point guard uh, than we've seen in recent years. So I'm not as big on that. Like when I saw, it, I was like, "Oh yes!" And I clicked through the numbers. I'm like, "Oh, maybe not." So yeah, he's he's had a tough go. So seventy five hundred. That's tougher price for me. Demar Derozan. I like that one a little bit more. Eighty one hundred, especially because there aren't a lot of great shooting guard options going against Nuggets, obviously. And then Lewis Williams. Shoot, you're you're hoping for points, and that's it. You're just getting points because going against the Mavericks at forty six hundred. Obviously, under five thousand guy. Okay, great. Only getting points. I need a little bit more cross category cross category production. Uh, to make that work in my lineup. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that play either. I just, he just like you said, he's, he's a points dependent guy. He's a one trick pony. I don't, I don't think he's got that. Jimmy Butler, another guy the Rotoway Optimizer loves at 7,900 going to the Pelicans. That's one of your boys where he's about as lower price as you're going to get. I think this season that I could see realistically targeting, but. Butler's not necessarily a great outside shooter. I think he gets a lot of his points through the free throw line, truthfully. And whether or not he gets that against DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, remains to be seen. Uh, And then Josh Jackson, again, I'm staying away from that until I start seeing otherwise. At 4,300, though, the optimizer loves him and will continue to love him because we know how great Josh Jackson's potential is. The Suns organization just does not 
not there right now. The Josh Jackson is is like the Aaron Gordon of last year yes. for the optimizer. The yes. optimizer loves it. Yes. Um, maybe later in the season. Absolutely. Once the Suns are, are kind of down and out, which I mean they are already, but <laughs> it's, um, true. it's true. Once once it's a little later in the season, I, I fully expect Jackson to just get tons of playing time. But now I'm not I'm not on board with that. The power forward spots are ugh at best right now. Derek Favors against the Trailblazers, fifty six hundred. Then Dario Saric, who we talked about a little bit earlier um, with JJ Reddick coming back, loses a lot of value. I think uh, against the Hawks at thirty eight hundred, you can do a lot worse than guessing on him. But I just uh, I'm not. I'm not going there. I'm not paying down that no. far. Yeah, no. especially with Reddick back. That's just he's he's going to come off the bench. He hasn't had too many great games this season. I just don't think, even though he's 3,800, the upside just doesn't seem like it's there for me. I love Joel Embiid though. I mean, at 8,200 against the Hawks, I think that's about the the one play the value optimizer is suggesting. I'm like, yeah, all for that. The only problem being that there's a bunch of guys right around that price and even lower that I like more too. Like, there's always injury risk. There's always the minutes risk. Uh, at least in this early part of the season where I'm just like, uh, I don't I don't quite feel comfortable yet playing that Embiid card. Yeah, I think just on the whole, we're both kind of in, in the same situa- situation there. It's like uh, they're, all the higher price guys are are solid plays. Like John Wall is awesome. DeRozan, I think the Nuggets are pretty bad against shooting guards, if I, if I remember when I looked. Um, Embiid's great. I just The value there just doesn't do it for me. And that's that's why I'm kind of down on it. I agree. Well, let's get to our lineups right away. Um, we talked about your love for John Wall, but I'm intrigued about your second point guard option. Obviously, De'Aaron Fox had a fantastic night. I think it was last night, right? Uh, he had a couple of good nights. I think he did. Yeah, I think he, he had a great night last yeah. night. When the and it's this is good because I think Fox is, is an incredible talent. I was worried about him going to the Kings. I didn't know if they'd be able to utilize him incre- uh, incredibly well. We're seeing that now. My concern is at 5300 you're paying for about a mid-tier price point guard. Again, other options right around that would kind of yeah. like too. Yeah. Uh, talking about DJ Augustine in particular, he's going against the Celtics. Kyrie Irving, not a huge defensive guy, but that team as a whole, I think, is pretty good defensively. So I'm, I'm wondering, what was your thought process on Fox here at 5300 against the Celtics? I mean, he's still coming off the bench. So we got you know George Hills in front of him. Um, but who's he's also a quality point guard, right? And but he, Fox is still essentially getting like a starter's workload night in and night out. They, they're they're giving him plenty of run. He's a rookie. They, they want to speed up his development. Um, so he, he's been playing extremely well off the bench. He's already surpassed thirty Fanduel points um, three separate times this season, out of six or seven games or whatever it is. Um, I really think that's that's a fine price for now, fifty three hundred. Um, like I said, he's getting so much run off the bench, and and there's also the chance that you know it's the second night of a back to back. George Hill, who knows if the Sacramento Kings rest him or something like that. The Kings yeah. have been super weird about Hill We're and so Randolph early this season, in the season, though, where we can't be thinking about that. When a, they've when a already they've already rested Hill and, and Randolph once this season. Like, oh, I wouldn't even be surprised if they just want to get all their young dudes, you know, as much action as possible. I just don't know against the Celtics is the team I do like, you know, even if it's against like the Hornets or the magic or whatever. I, right. I can see that. Um, but well, they're not going to win this game anyway. So I, like, I think they'd rather, yeah. rather keep their guys available for, that's a weird way to have then of NBA people thinking about stuff, but I guess I can understand your point yeah. I, here. I'll, I'll just go to my guy, TJ McConnell, who we were on both on Monday ended up doing very well. He's obviously still benefiting with Markel Fultz being out. Um, he's at 5,000 price. I'm taking McConnell over De'Aaron Fox every time. Uh, even if he was $500 over and he's $300 less. So that's where it's like, uh, I'm going to take McConnell over Fox. He should be around 6,000 price tag and we're still seeing him at 5,000. That's my issue right now. I think McConnell's a fine play. Um, 
I don't know how much better he actually is than Fox if you're trying to make that argument, but uh, no, no, no. Um, Fox is the better talent. That's not, right. That's not at all what I'm. You saying. You just like the price better. I, the price better and the match with the 76ers. That I think they need McConnell, they need McConnell to do pretty well. And the Hawks aren't that good of a team, even with Schroeder back. I think that McConnell does pretty darn well. I, I, again, Fox is definitely the better talent. I'm not trying to say that at all. Yeah, I think that McConnell price tag wise, matchup wise, where he fits in that team, I'm taking him at five thousand, especially when he's three dollars lower every time. Yeah, I mean the the. The give and take there is is understandable. I, I think it's almost pr- pretty even, and but I, I get it that you know you like the three hundred dollar price break there. Um, I'm I'm definitely fully on board with using McConnell, um, but I don't necessarily think he's that much better of a play than Fox that you're you're going for. Uh, and I want to get to my other point guard option right now. Drew Holiday against the Timberwolves. They allowed the most Fanduel points to point guards. Uh, I, I think to me at seventy four hundred, this is about as automatic as a play as it gets. And the only problem is. People are going to be on John Wall, and they're not going to want to go pay another $7,400 for a point guard option. So that's where you're thinking, okay, do I want to go John Wall with all the risks that we talked about a little bit earlier in the podcast, or do I want to go with basically anybody else in that $7,000 range like Drew Holiday? Hey, the Pelicans are scoring a ton, too. The Timberwolves are going to have to score to keep up. Those are both teams that are in competition for the Western Conference playoff spot. I think that, that this is easily a chance for Drew Holiday to get 40, 45 Fandle points. Maybe he doesn't get there, but this is a very, very, very good matchup. Holiday's been stuck around the 30 to 35 Fandle point mark. I mean, it's solid. Which is still five times the value. Right, it's solid, points. but for 7,000, what is he, 300? 7,400. 400, I mean, I don't, I don't love it, but I wouldn't be against playing him. And, and obviously, I'm using John Wall, so I'm not going to use John Wall in another 7,000 price guy. Um, I don't... Well, so here's, it's here's like, where the question becomes. So we have Drew Holiday at 7,400. I'm looking ahead at your lineup here. Brad Beal, who I couldn't find a way to get into my lineup, but he's at 7,200 at the shooting guard spot. I'll be honest, my shooting guard options are meh. I have Tim Hardaway, who I've been using quite a bit at 5,300 against the Rockets. Uh, Rockets, a bit more fast-paced game. My only thought is Knicks need to score to keep up. Right. Hardaway's doing that. And my yeah. other guy, Austin Rivers, who's benefiting uh, a little bit with the, the passing savant going to be out too. Correct. So he's yeah. at 4,900 against the Mavs. I'm not happy with either of those options. I would love to go Brad Beal, but because I'm paying up for Drew Holiday, it's really, really tough for me to fit both of those guys in my lineup. So in my mind, it almost became down to Beal or Holiday, and I took Holiday in this case. That's fine. Yeah, I get I get that for sure. It just depends on how you, you construct your lineup. I think both can be solid for tonight's slate. It's just whether you want to pay up at which spot. Yeah, I mean, Beal going against the Suns, that one's a lot more intriguing to me than John Wall against that. And the fact that you have both in your lineup, man, you're setting yourself up for if they end up losing, or, uh, well, I guess losing, but winning big in that third quarter or in the fourth quarter that you could see both those guys leave. The Wizards don't worry me too much about a blowout. I, it's not like a, it's not like a warrior. And, I mean, the Cavs have sucked this yeah, year true, a lot. But, but, right. I know what you're saying. I, they just don't, I just don't like think of them as a team that's going to you know go blow out. Uh, anybody so that really doesn't scare me too much and, and Beal himself he started extremely hot uh had a couple night uh off nights recently but that's dropped his price which is you know, obviously like we always said that's yeah. my favorite thing <laughs> grab him at their lowest price all. i'm not he's like one of those guys that even if he has an off night you know like devin booker you yeah. know what he's capable of and that's why i'm not ever going to be like oh you know Beal at seven thousand. I'm gonna have to avoid that. He hasn't right. done very well last. No, no, not at all. Not it's just a. Team. It's just a perfect bounce back game when this is going to be two teams that just go down and launch shots nonstop. It's true. The other shooting guard option, Tyreek Evans. We talked about him quite a bit. I think again, you think well, obviously you think because he's benefiting in your lap here uh, that he could benefit from that Michael or Mike Conley Jr. injury if that were to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you take him out if Conley were playing? 
I would consider it. Okay. I would consider. I don't. I still don't hate the play, but it it's definitely comes less becomes less appealing. Um, I think at his price, I kind of would. I kind of need Conley to sit out. Um, yeah, it's mid five thousand, so you're you're asking for over thirty points. I agree with you though that Conley. It seems like they could trend to sitting him out as well. I'm, yeah. I'm on board with that. But you can always pivot down to JJ Redick, who again we talked about at forty nine hundred. If he gets thirty minutes, I think he gets thirty five Fanduel points. That's, right. That's that's how it goes. Um, small forward again. I'm not great on a few of my options here i put harrison barnes in we talked about uh earlier you know scoring one trick pony lewis williams harrison barnes basically is the same thing he did pretty well with that last year he was able to get some viability in that 6,000 6,500 range uh not quite there yet because that mavericks team is significantly worse than they were right, last right. year at 5,800 against the clippers i it's kind of like you shrug your shoulders all right i'm hoping it's 20 and something else 20 fan or 20 points overall and then some other stuff rebounds blocks turnovers whatever uh, and then my other guy, Robert Covington, 6,400 against the Hawks. Hawks allow the most Fanduel points to small fours. This is a match made in heaven. Talked about Drew Holiday. Covington at 6,400. He should be in the 7,500 range most nights. I love Covington. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, that, that's, that was automatic in my mind to start him. He's like a key uh, multi-category guy. He gets the blocks and steals, which, again, I mentioned last podcast. Mm-hmm. They're up to three points a pop now. Um, you got to love that. And he scores and, and gets rebounds. So it's not like he's not you know, contributing in those categories. Let's go ahead and I want to toss to you for your small forward options. Um, TJ Warren is your first one at 5,100 against the Wizards. So you have, you're going all in on that. I mean, that's, that's, you're going John Wall, Brad Beal on the opposite side of that TJ Warren. I mean, there's, there's no doubt if that game ends up being a, a bad one, you are, you are stuck in the mud. True. Yeah. yeah if, if this doesn't have the, uh, the over under that I'm expecting, um, that's going to be tough. But, you know, Warren's kind of finally figuring it out here that, you know, without Eric Bledsoe, he's got to be that, like, number two guy behind mm-hmm. Booker. Um, had, a, I think he said, 36 Fanduel points in three of his last, or two of his last three games. Um, and Fanduel really hasn't messed with his price much. So I, I think he's, like I said, he's finally figured out that he's got to be that, that second guy. And I think um, this is a perfect matchup for him to, to have one of those huge, you know, huge games. Your second guy for small forward, LeBron James, 10,400. We know the Cavs have been struggling going against the Pacers, who actually are about middle of pack in terms of allowing points to small forward. Now, whether we consider LeBron a small forward right now, that's that's a different question entirely. Um, why why him? Of all the options to pay up for, why LeBron James, given how much the Cavs have struggled? He's had really kind of two down games for FanDuel purposes. Yeah, kind of. I think he's just probably kind of at the point where it's like, he's getting so much criticism, Cavs suck. He's like, all right, it's, it's I'm good. done. It's, yeah, let's go. Like, I'm sick of this. Um, he's. I mean, he's had three 60-plus FanDuel point nights like this season. It's not right. like it's all been crap. Um, I, I just think... He's probably at the point where, I mean, when you look at the other big guys, Giannis, Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, they're all at 12,000, upper 11,000s. I'd rather go with LeBron, who's in low 10,000s, uh, or mid, mid, low to mid 10,000s, um, and, and I think he has just as much you know, upside as those other guys if he kind of just takes it on himself and say, you know, screw this, I'm sick of who I'm playing with, it's, it's my true. ball, let's go. You know, and you're right. I, I'm, I consider myself a smart NBA person. Like, I know the NBA pretty well. I know the ebbs and flows of it. I know the Cavs are going to do well. They're probably going to end up being the finals again this season. Right. Their stretch here concerns me. I don't know how else to put other than I'm concerned as a fan of LeBron. I don't know what's going on with that team. I don't want to bet on him right now. <laughs> and I know I shouldn't say that. Like I, I, I'm again, I'm a smart NBA guy. I know I shouldn't say I don't want to bet on LeBron. Right. That That's all. That's never good. I, I kind of just want, I know what's happening. I know it's going to happen. I know he's going to go off and the Cavs are going to go off and they're going to win, you know, 10 straight or whatever it is. 
I just don't want to do it yet. I'm not ready to do it yet right now. So I'm not going to pay up for him right now. And we talked about a guy that uh, you were saying is higher priced. I am willing to pay up for Anthony Davis. I know that that's, you know, again, I'm a smart NBA fan. I shouldn't be paying anything for a guy that's going to be an injury risk every single night. But 11800 for Anthony Davis, he's been putting together in ridiculous numbers. He really seems like he's meshed well with DeMarcus Cousins. Um, I like that quite a bit. And then my other power forward option, Paul Millsap, you know my love for the defense positioning tool. Raptors have allowed the most fan points to power forward options. Paul Millsap is a guy that cross category production. We love it. Three point shooting. If you're talking about DraftKings, we don't want to talk about that. But if we were uh, a guy that we love quite a bit too, 7,100 on FanDuel. Uh, to me, that's, I love those 7,000 guys. I have Holiday, Covington, Millsap. I'm Covington's not even a 7,000 guy. I love those guys even more so than I love my guy that I'm paying up for in Anthony Davis. This is one of those situations for me. It's like, I don't. I, I personally don't love the matchup, you know, with Surge coming back. Um, but it's one of those things where if the price is right, I still want to go with him like mm-hmm. every time. Um, so that's that's kind of I do like his price at seventy one hundred, and that's and that's why I don't. You really had have to pay many. down. You had to go for John Henson at forty eight hundred. We right. talked about him earlier. Marvin Williams. The flip side of that forty seven hundred. The uh, last podcast or last iterations podcast, uh, we talked about Marvin Williams as this mid five thousand guy we could always count on, right. always put in. So I understand the the reasoning for that. Basically, it ended up being that. I found three 7,000 guys that I wanted to pay for. You found similar to that, and then LeBron James and John Wall. So right. it was just a decision-making process. I can't fault you for the John Henson thing. I, I just think that's going to be a disaster waiting to happen. Right. It's 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 hard to love the John Henson yeah. pick. But but it was also hard for me to love Hardaway and Rivers. So right. like, you're going to have questions. I think that's what this 12-game slate is. You're going to have questions. You're like, Ugh, I guess I'm going to roll the dice on this. Right. Hopefully injuries help with that um, by the time that this podcast really is important, like around that 6 o'clock Eastern time tip-off stuff. Yeah, more and more injuries should right. come out eventually, which we, hopefully we get more, more then you value. you stack it a little bit yeah, more, yeah. get a little bit more of those 7,000 guys, 8,000 guys in there. But uh, as it stands, this is kind of what we're left with. And then Dwight Howard, we talked about him quite a bit. He's your other 7,000 price guy at 7,400 for the center spot. And I have Dom, Mr. Fast and Fury Sabonis, 6,000. We talked about him too quite a bit against the Cavs. I don't think there really needs to be much more said about either of those center. Options. No, I love Dwight Howard, and and I honestly think Sabonis is going to have just you know a good game. I, too. I think Howard's yeah. a fantastic play again. We don't think he's getting twenty two rebounds again, but if he doesn't get double digit rebounds, I would be stunned. Right? No, especially because the Bucks stunned. haven't done very well against any centers this exactly. this whole season. Yeah, I think the Bucks win, but I think Howard goes off. He's yeah. he's really always been a problem for them. All right, well that does it for us in the NBA Wednesday DFS podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, of course. Uh, feel free to leave any ratings or reviews on iTunes or Stitcher, uh, Stitcher I should say. Uh, ben loves the compliments. Don't leave anything about me messing up the word Stitcher because I should probably do better than that. But Ben <laughs> obviously loves the compliments. It'd be great uh, for us if you could help us out with that. Again, NBA uh, NBA DFS podcast on FanDuel. They have the uh, NFL Sunday Million Dollar Maker too, a little cross-category stuff going on. Um, if you want a free six-month Worldwide subscription and a free entry into that Sunday Million Dollar Maker, which again, there's a million dollars in cash prizes there. That's uh, a lot you, of money. That's a lot of money. FanDuel.com slash RotoWare. That's for your first um, subscription or first deposit on FanDuel. You can do that and get that free six month RotoWare subscription where I use that defensive positioning tool all the time. Uh, I love FanDuel again. We, uh, it's great that we can put together those competitions where it's just you and I, where I'm winning every week, but that's what it is. Now we can see that. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. So uh, we love FanDuel. And then, of course, if you want to get any more of that NFL Sunday action for DFS stuff, go ahead and listen to Joe PCP and John Keckney. They do their NFL podcast on Fridays. I talk with PCP on Monday, breaking down all the action, and we. Shameless plug. Yeah, shameless plug. Well, we always discuss how <laughs> you know the Packers stink. And I was able to avoid that this week while. Packers on bias. That's 
Not the case this week anymore. Very good. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Right. Uh, again, that does it for us for the NBA DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel. Ben, where can the people follow you at on Twitter? Give me at Benman doing work. Still the best Twitter handle at Rotoware. And of course, you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace out.